1: yo what's up welcome to kind of funny games daily for thursday july 21st 2022 i two. I'm your host blessing adio jr joining me is the little poppy himself aka my fellow forbes 30 under 30 aka the man with an amazing gold chain right now Thank you. tim well uh, fucking
0: gettys it's been my my fidget spinner for a while uh but i was like you know what wearing the black long sleeve shirt it just feels right i need to get the shorter one this one's still way too long because i got this one as a joke bless when i realized i should have that's, not done what, that's
1: that. what they always i got it ironically i got well, the gold chain ironically no no no
0: no no. Until I you got, start wearing it and you realize that it's flat. No, no 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 i got the long gold chain ironically okay because my sonic one was too short but i should have three mm. bears it. you know what i mean i wanted the gold chain there was no irony about that mm. but the my sonic one was like a, was more like a choker it was like i was looking you. yeah i was looking like a a 16 year old girl in 2002 you know what i mean but then I went too long (laughs) i know exactly what you mean to yeah so now now i gotta i gotta meet in the middle somewhere but where
1: do you plan to take your your chain fashion anywhere in the future are you planning to to get more are you planning to get more more pendants
0: uh well i did see the super dope pomeranian (laughs) that's like oh hell yeah amazing uh but it might end there but who knows you know what i mean i don't want to limit myself i don't want to limit myself discovery um having said that i am not that much of a, a explorer you know what i mean i find mm-hmm. what i like and i stick to my lane
1: i for me the shadow chain has definitely opened me up to accessories a bit more uh and like ever since i started rocking the shadow chain i've been trying to expand uh my my chain collection And by collection i mean right now I only have one uh but i've been ordering more and i've been i've been fucking up and ordering cheap because turns out gold chains very expensive uh and skipping out on price is not the best decision when it comes to chains because like there's not good quality like i'm not getting anything else that is matching up to the dopeness of of the the shadow chain um and it's it's ruining things because like i i I feel like the chain has really stepped up my fashion when i do wear it when i don't wear it i don't feel like i'm on 10
0: yeah Uh, yeah the one thing i wish that i was down for that i'm just not is rings because motherfuckers look dope with Mm. rings but i just i don't like things on my fingies
1: I I feel that man. When the, when the fingies are burdened down with accessories, it's, it's doing too much. All his, think about fing- watches. all
2: his fingies needs are fidget spinnies, you know?
1: You just need something to yeah, something to fidget with. That's how you know it's ball. That's how you know your baller when you're wearing a gold chain, and you're like, no, nah, this is just my fidget spinner, man. I just yeah. you need know, the fucking <laughs> around. It's half for the fashion, half to keep my mind my mind busy. Are you a mm-hmm. watch person?
0: I love watches, but I also don't I mean I have my Apple watch, I don't have it right now, but like I, I have to try to force myself to wear them because I I just don't like having things on me. It's not just my thinkies, it's my wristies too.
1: I I get that a little bit where I have one watch that I like to wear a lot, but if I wear it too much, I then get like irritation on my wrist. And it's the worst because I'll wear this thing every single day. Are, are you
2: allergic to the material the watch is made out of?
1: There's a chance. Honestly, I thought about that. And I think there's a big chance that I mm-hmm. am. Um, I'm not I'm not taking the time to look I, it up. I know Alyssa,
2: for her earrings. Uh, there's some of her earrings that she was getting reactions to. And it's like, oh, well, you're probably allergic to that material.
1: Yeah, I might look into that, because I think that makes a lot of sense for the kind of ear, because it's only, like, on one part of my wrist that I get it. Uh, Uh, And so it might be either the design of the watch, it might be, like, just scratching on my wrist too much, or, yeah, there might be something with the material that I'm allergic to. But enough about that. This isn't an accessory show, even though I would love it to be. I think that would be a really fun conversation for us to have. It is a video game show, a video game news show. So let's talk about today's stories, which include, I've played Four Hours of Saints Row, I've played all of Live Alive, and... Me, Tim, and probably Bear to play a whole lot of games because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and a week at 10 a.m. live, right here on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to Kind of you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, or you can listen later on podcast services around... <laughs> the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use that creator code kind of funny on all epic storm epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post-show housekeeping for you the tick tock is hot with some game previews <laughs> and reviews for you uh this morning we uploaded our official live a live review along with my impressions on saints row after getting to play it for four hours uh, you can ke- you can check those out at kind of funny games on tick tock uh, and then our nope review is up right now it is me it is tim it is joey giving all of our uh, juicy thoughts on jordan peele's latest movie that is up right now on youtube.com slash kind of funny Thank you to our Patreon producers, Fargo Brady, Gordon McGuire, and Al Tribesman. Today we're brought to you by ExpressVPN, MeUndies, and Athletic Greens, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have seven stories today.
2: A picker's
1: dozen. Starting with our number one, like I said, I played four hours of Saints Row. Many of the many of the media side of the industry has played four hours of Saints Row. Uh, I got a quick preview roundup for you, and then I'll give some quick impressions. But I want to start off with John Ryan at IGN who had this to say. When we got our first look at Saints Row back in May, we said that the reboot feels like it sits somewhere between Saints Row 2 and 3. That was music to my ears, as I always preferred the slightly more serious tone of the second game to the straight-up zaniness of the third. Now, after after having played, for the, uh, played the first few hours of the new take on The Saints for myself, I'm glad to be able to say that it definitely feels like more action comedy from the likes of Matthew Vaughn or James Gunn, rather than a straight-up farce from National Lampoon. Though, it also keeps a healthy dose of bombastic action that made the later game so fun, too. The overall setup for your takeover of the fictional southwestern burg of Santo Aliso looks to be staying true to the series' DNA. On the whole, Saints Row is shaping up to be an action-packed mix of satire and slapstick mayhem, which, for me, at least, sounds like a great recipe for some much-needed destructive escapism. Uh, My time with it might not have been perfect, but any game that lets me raise hell in a bulldozer is one I'm eager to play more of. And then Ian Higton at Eurogamer uh, put out their preview and titled it, Fear Not, The Saints Row Reboot Is Just As Ridiculous As Previous Games. So the biggest question now is, uh, probably, does the reboot actually feel like a Saints Row game? Has the new direction and cast robbed the series of its admittedly immature charms? Well, I recently went hands-on with the first four hours of the game, and as you'll see in my video above, uh, the world of Saints Row may have been rebooted, but the gameplay is just as ridiculous as it has always been. Things get a little bit more grounded as you're introduced to the world of Saint-Oleso and the new cast of characters but unfortunately it may get a little too grounded for some as Santo Aleso feels just as empty and lifeless as previous gameplay snippets have suggested Mm. the new characters have neither the personality nor the charisma to match the old fan favorites and while they may grow on me with extended playtime they're currently about as memorable as a bag of ready salted crisps that said it's definitely Eurogamer right there the bag of ready salted crisps (laughs) (laughs) that said the Saints Row reboot (laughs) excels in giving the player a nice big havoc simulator to mess around in the early cam campaign missions are fairly varied, with things like shootouts in museums and Mad Max-inspired vehicular combat sections, but I basically snoozed my way through them. It wasn't until I went off on my own and caused carnage in the open world that I really started to have fun, and once I was on a roll, the game's unpredictability often had me laughing out loud. Tim, I want to take a break from the previews for a second and check in with you. What do these previews do for your hype for Saints Row?
0: Oh, nothing. I was never really a Saints Row guy. It was the type of game that I would enjoy having fun, uh, just messing around for a little bit. But it never stuck with me. I am a little bit different than uh, Jr. in from IGN, where I prefer the more wacky stuff. So Saints Row the Third was the most fun that I've had with the franchise. But even then, it, it was never uh, that lasting. Looking at this, it doesn't look uh, like the type of experience that I'm looking for in 2022. Like it does seem very open and, and very kind of uh, pointless which i don't like looking at a video game and thinking it's pointless but am i wrong about that bless you got to play it it's it's definitely an open world ass open world game and it's definitely
1: a saints row game and i think that is for better and for worse. Uh, I had a fun time with it. By the time I finished my four hours, I actually wanted to to keep playing. And I think a lot of that comes down to the openness of it. Like, I'm somebody who does, like, a, a a good open world sometimes, especially when it comes to the open world city crime games. Of course, I'm a huge fan of GTA, and I know there's plenty of huge fans of GTA. And I think a lot of that then extends out into Saints Row, right? Where Saints Row started off as this GTA clone and eventually kind of grew grew into itself and became its own thing. But at its heart, it is... You are hanging out in an open world. You're taking on missions. You're taking on activities. A lot of it has this juvenile, goofy tone to it, which I think for some people is hit. For some people is miss. For me, it's a hit, right? Like, I, I, I've I, always enjoyed the humor of uh, of Saints Row. And for me, this reboot works in a lot of the places that matters. Um, I think the biggest instance of me really enjoying the game was during my demo where I got access to the open world, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to take a break from the linear story missions, and I'm just going to fuck around, you know, drive around, do the activities, and see what grabs my interest. And I think the game does a really good job of creating moments for you to just fuck around and do whatever and play around with with what's available in the city. Like, they have the the handful of activities that people are probably already familiar with if they've played a Saints Row before. They have the insurance fraud uh, games where it is you going out into the streets and trying to cause as much havoc as possible. They have uh, another one where, I forget what it's called, but um, there's a minigame where you toss yourself into the air and you have a wingsuit and you're trying to fly from spot to spot and then take out the security drones and then fly to the next spot uh, in your wingsuit. It's stuff like that where it's mindless open world fun that I think makes these games fun to play. And I think the, this reboot nails a lot of that stuff. Uh, but then I think where it falters a bit for me is in some of its production. You know, it it, it I mentioned this in the TikTok, it meant it straddles that double AA, A, triple A line where it feels on the lower end of triple A in terms of how it feels, how, you know, driving feels a bit floaty, the turns feel a bit wide. And I think if you've played Saints Row before, you probably already, you, pro- you know what I'm talking about. Because it, it, it drives like those previous Saints real games, right? And I think the the character animation is in the same place where watching cutscenes, there are plenty of times where I was like, I don't know how I feel about how these characters are animating right now. Like the facial animations don't seem to be all the way there. But then I get into the open world and I'm driving around and after four hours of playing, all that stuff kind of flies by the wayside and I forget. And I look at the environments and I'm like, no, this looks pretty good. Um, I think Santo Oleso is a pretty good city It reminds me a lot of San Andreas, and I think that is purely the the setting being this uh, almost like small town Nevada type setting. Not, like, not small town necessarily, but like maybe medium town Nevada setting uh-huh. where it feels like a mix of Reno and Vegas. There are a lot of outskirts compared to. Previous Saints Row games, where you are, you know, driving and doing like a lot of off-roading, um, that stuff I really like for um, uh, what this open world is. And then you get to the customization, and the cu- customization is awesome as well, right? There's the character character customization that you come to expect from Saints Row in terms of being able to get deep into, you know, not only outfits but voice and also the size of your junk and also like all the immature bits that you want to customize in a Saints Row game. They let you do those things. Uh, You also do have the vehicle customization, which, um, like previous Saints Row games, once again, is really great, but I also think uh, pushes things a bit further. I was really happy when I took – I stole a random car, brought it into the the car customization place, and really decked out my vehicle in terms of off-road wheels that that made it look completely completely different, different uh, color schemes, different materials. Uh, I was really satisfied with how my car looked, and it's – it – un-GTAs itself in the way that for folks who play GTAs, especially like Rockstar games recently, there's a realism there that can be so realistic that it gets frustrating where you crash your car and it's like, all right, let me call Moore's Mutual Insurance so I can pick it back up so I can go through the motions. Oh, if I wanna save this car, I gotta go to my garage. I gotta do all this thing. Uh, Saints Row streamlines all that shit. And if you're somebody who's like, oh, I don't like how tedious the GTA games are, Saints Row does such a great job of, there was a time I crashed my car and I was like, fuck, damn I really like that car and then I went to the next mission and uh they're like oh yeah here's the car like the car is right there (laughs) right it is so arcadey in that way and I think a lot of that really uplifts it um but it's definitely it's definitely imperfect in a lot of places I think a lot of that just comes down to polish and and bugs and game feel but if you're somebody who likes Saints Row and have liked Saints Row in the past it continues to be more of that and if you put if you put up with it in the previous games you're gonna be fine in this game i think this game even in combat feels marginally better than the previous games um and i really i I liked my experience with it
0: so having played the the preview are you now like anticipating this release more like is this now like higher up your list of i can't wait to play it or are you just kind of like oh yeah no this just proved that as excited as i was i still am
1: i i think it's increased my anticipation i think a lot of that is it reminding me that saints Row is fun um i think we've lost a lot of that over the years mainly because saints Row's not been around for a while the last numbered saints row game was saints row 4 and that was what 2012 2013 and then you had Gat out of hell that was like this like um uh, standalone expansion uh, type situation but like since then we've not had saints row we had agents of mayhem from volition which if you remember was whack as hell <laughs> like i tried playing agents of mayhem and i was like this is just not it uh and so it's been a while since we've had one of these and i think for me, and probably plenty of people, Saints Row hype has died down, especially because video games have come such a long way. And Saints Row feels like such a 2010 game. It feels like such a mid-2000s game. And it being a GTA clone, and it having its kind of sense of humor in it, having its kind of open-world structure. Um, when they announced it, I think me and a lot of people were like, all right, cool, more Saints Row, like, I guess. Playing it, I'm like, okay, no, I'm ready to play this. Uh, it, I kind of put it in that Dying Light 2 section of... I don't think it's going to be my top five or top 10 maybe but i do think that once i get into the motions of it i'm going to have a lot of fun with it just playing it as an open world game and clearing through the activities and maybe if i if i get into it enough maybe going for the platinum and having that like you know that open world cycle of let me just checklist through everything because i like driving around in a fun open world and i like radio stations and let me tell you the 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 music in this game is awesome uh there is a hip-hop station where um and I, I think this is like timed with with the gameplay, but the song is also in the station. The first time you uh, get notoriety from the cops uh, and you're getting chased, they play uh, "Sound of the Police" by KRS-One. And oh, let me yes. tell you, during my preview, I was like. Fuck yes, this is what I want. (laughs) And the game has moments like that. The game kind of knows what it's doing or reminds you of Saints Row 3, where there's a scene in that game where, um, no, uh, there's a scene in Saints Row 3, where you are in a helicopter and you're approaching like a top floor, like a roof uh, penthouse. So you're gonna jump, um, jump from the helicopter on top of, and as you're doing it, powered by Kanye West plays. Oh, and yeah. for me, that was the moment of Saints Row Three. I was like, "These guys get it." The sound of police thing, the sound of police thing, wasn't quite that, but it was like giving flares of that. Where I was like, "Yeah, all right, this is what Saints Row is. I'm fucking digging this. Let's fucking go." Um, so yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking for, I'm looking more forward to it after my demo.
0: I love that. I love when games have uh, like licensed music moments that are like scripted in that way, where it's like trying to use the the song to intensify the the gameplay and like make you feel like a badass. And I feel yeah. like Saints Row has always been good at that, so it's it's good they're continuing to have those moments.
1: Yeah, they're definitely continuing to have it. Uh, one of the previews that I read mentioned that the characters aren't as stand out as some of the previous Saints Row ca- characters. I agree with that. Um, I don't think it's impossible for them to get there. Um, the game setup is basically you are. A do you like you and your friends are part of these different uh, factions slash gangs, but you're still like a group of friends, and you're definitely in that like millennial Gen Z era of like yeah, probably like mid twenties. You go to you go to work for this military organization, like this um I think they call it like a multinational private military company, and after your first few days, you're kind of sick of it, and then um, shit goes down where you and your friends are like yo what if we just start up our own thing, and it's basically you making this startup gang um and it has this 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 millennial like young millennial energy to it that i think can come off as i really but i think works for it i do i do hope that there is more we get in terms of memorable and iconic characters because this is a reboot i've not seen any um uh, uh returning characters i'm not seen was johnny gat is his name johnny gat i always forget his name but i've not seen that dude i've not seen any of like the the characters you know and love for the previous dance row um but i think if this game is able to get to the place maybe part way through where i am looking at characters and i'm like okay no i like you you're gonna stick with me then i think that might that might take it to a better place but uh tone wise and story wise i think i still might prefer some of the previous ones but gameplay wise i think it has all the stuff that it needs oh one more thing i do want to shout out too in terms of gameplay uh there when you're getting into police chases there's a a maneuver they call side swiping that is basically like burnout like you take other cars out by like bumping into them it's new for this game. I fucking love it. I, I really like this thing. It, it, it's a bit like this game's version of the pit maneuver that you do in GTA where you're trying to take people out that way, but there's like an actual button for it and your car legit like jukes to the left or jukes to yeah. the right and like hits the car and like it takes off car health off the other cars. Uh, that's very new and I fucking love it. Uh, I think I think it really works. Uh, so shout out to Saints Row. Hell yeah. Let's get into story number two. Another roundup for you. This time, it is Live Alive. Uh, Live Alive has a review embargo that is lifted. Right now, it's sitting on Metacritic at an 82 and uh, an 81 on OpenCritic. I'm going to start off with Rebecca Valentine at IGN who gave it a 9 out of 10 and says, Live Alive is a fascinating piece of JRPG history that's more than worthy of the energy Square Enix has spent to remake it for a global audience with a beautiful new art style decades later. Its unusual vignette structure and lovable ensemble cast are a delight to spend time with, especially thanks to the addition of voice acting. The ultimate story payoff remains surprising and standout among JRPGs even decades later after its original iteration. Its seven different characters each make inventive and surprising use of the deceptively simple combat system, which adds even more flavor to the most challenging optional boss fights. The remake could have put a, a bit more work into mitigating some of the original's more tedious grinds toward the end, but by the, by the time that grind kicks in, Live Alive had enough hooks stuck in me that I couldn't put it down until I, jam- I jammed out to Megalomania for the final time. And then Andrew Reiner at Game Informer also gave it a 9 out of 10 and says, I went into Live Alive expecting the time capsule experience of unearthing a long lost Super Nintendo RPG from Takashi Tokita, one of the creators of Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy IV. Uh, two, of, two of the best games ever made. Even with Live Alive's design roots stretching back to 1994, little about it feels classic. The colorful, pixelated characters scream of that era, but most of the game is inventive, modern, and delightfully goof- goofy, and sometimes shockingly profane. It's unlike anything else out there, delivering an unpredictable and joyous adventure that changes its narrative and gameplay foundation every couple of hours. We'll never, we'll never know how Live Alive would have fared in the U.S. back in the day. Uh, flash forward nearly three decades, and I can't recommend this re- revitalized relic enough. It's that good. This is another must-play Switch RPG that entertains in ways I didn't expect and kept me glued to the screen from, for well over 20 hours. Uh, and then I also posted my review to the, the TikTok edited by the, the wonderful uh, editing team that Roger runs. Uh, Bear, if you're able to pull that up and play it for the, for the audience, I give it a 5 out of 5. Live Alive is one of the best games of the year and one of the most unique JRPGs I've ever played. It's an anthology game, so think like Black Mirror or Love, Death, and Robots where you're getting a bunch of smaller stories in this one JRPG game. Each story takes place in a different era. There's a prehistoric caveman story, a far future story where you play as a robot, a Western cowboy tale, and a handful of others unique with their own gameplay twists and characters. The thing that holds them together is a turn-based strategy combat system that held my interest as someone who doesn't even tend to like strategy. The fighting is simple, fun, and a variety of movesets from game to game keeps things interesting the writing in each of the scenarios is also top notch each story has something to say or something fresh to add to the genre it's homaging there's a sense of humor here that is sorely missed from many other games the soundtrack is great composed by yoko Shimomura of kingdom hearts it's also a visual delight bringing a classic super nintendo game into the present with vibrant hd 2d pixel art there's so much here to love if you're looking for your next game for nintendo switch it's a must play because live alive is one of the best games of
0: there you have it Hell yeah, man. I am so happy that you beat the game, loved the game. Like, that's so, so damn cool, because this isn't necessarily the type of game that would be in your normal wheelhouse, right? So, like, I think it's great that they can take this old game that was never even in America, give it some fun updates, and blessing, loves it. That's great.
1: Yeah, like, I mean, for a testament of how much I love this game, I was triple fisting video games the last few weeks where we had our as dust falls review that we we're doing we had our stray review and those were the more like required ones that i was doing not that not that you guys like ever required me to play any of these games but we had games cast schedules scheduled for those ones and i know like it'll be beneficial for content if i play through those games so like those were games where i was like okay i got to play these games and live live was the one where Nobody was asking me to play live alive, <laughs> like, absolutely nobody was asking me to play live alive. You were like, I'm doing this but for myself, <laughs> I'm doing this for me because I got what maybe about six hours into the game and I was like, I fucking gotta just play this game because I, fucking hell yeah. love it. And I wasn't even planning to be, to have it done, uh, for the review, I just enjoyed it that much where I couldn't stop playing it. I had I that wasn't expecting
0: it, it so much, blessed that I talked mm-hmm. to our Nintendo PR guy yesterday and he was like, Oh, what's your plan for the uh live alive thing? and I was like, Oh, we're just gonna talk about our games daily, like, we're, we're not, don't worry, don't look for our stuff at Embargo, like, whatever. He's like, okay, cool. Mm. And then this morning, I wake up and I see this, and I was like, oh, whoa, hey! I was <laughs> I like, oh, guess, yeah, it's a five out of I 5 guess, I'm kind of yeah, funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I need you to send him the video. <laughs> you played uh, Octopath Traveler, right? Uh, I, I never beat it, but I, I played uh, the majority of it. The, the,
1: the, as somebody who played through Octopath, does this do anything for you?
0: Oh, definitely. I actually think that I'd prefer to play this. Like, this, I am very excited about this one. Hell I yeah. love, the HD2D stuff is just some of the nicest looking art style I've ever seen. Uh, and I love how just weird this all looks. And I'm also really into the vignette idea. I like how it, like the shorter burst storylines, I think could would be a, a really cool thing
1: yeah and that's for me what held me through you know like octopath was a game that i wanted to to get into and i i honestly i don't even remember why i couldn't get into it i think it was probably a mixture of not having the time and then also it just not immediately grabbing me in that way especially knowing that there is these there there's a handful of different storylines to do funny enough live life has a similar setup but because all the stories are very contained within themselves um and it is just a series of vignettes uh all, of, all of what any of the stories are asking from you is like two, maybe two hours each. And getting into one, and getting to getting into the first one that I did, um, uh, the first one I did was like the present day story, which was basically this Street Fighter, like you're you're a um, a fighter who's traveling around the world to fight all these different martial arts masters to become the best one. That was a what forty five minutes to an hour long GRPG story, and that was the first one I played. And once I finished it, I was like, oh, that was easy, and like that was a fun time. Let me hop into the next one. And they all average out at around two hours, but you feel like you're getting a full experience out of each of them because the like the leveling is there. The combat system is the same through each of the, the different vignettes, but the movesets are so wildly different and unique to where even when I get into combat, I'm like, Oh, okay. I gotta really think about think differently in this game that I'm thinking in in another in um a different vignette, right? Because it is oh this guy is more area of effect as opposed to this person that's more close range as opposed to this character that was more you know long range. Um, like and also the the writing and the way they tackle different types of storytelling in the game was a thing that blew me away as well. You know, I mentioned in the TikTok that there's a cowboy story, there's a future story, there's a caveman story. The caveman story has no dialogue in it. It is all that. It is them communicating through emotes, basically, and like the uh, archaic caveman language that, like, is basically just shouting. And that was a thing that I'd never seen in a JRPG, and they're able to tell a two-hour-long story with that, right? And then, like, the game does a lot of creative things like that, where each of the vignettes have something unique that they do. Where I'm like, shit, that's really cool. That's different. Oh man, let me play the two hours to see where this goes. And I
0: had such a fantastic time with it. Is it all? sequential or can you choose any storyline you want
1: you can choose any storyline you want so there's seven of them and they're all available uh, from the start
0: That's wow
1: great. yeah so Plus, you can play it in any order
0: i have a question
1: mm-hmm.
2: would you consider this a game of the year contender for yourself
1: for myself uh, it's it, game of the year contender is tough because Elden ring exists in a world where Elden ring didn't exist the answer is yes uh in the world where or, a, Elden I, I,
2: i'm not saying like it, it's definitely game of the year but do you think it deserves to be in that conversation
1: I would, for me, yes. I think for industry-wide, I don't know if it's going to get that amount of praise because I think it is a bit more uh, niche and it's going to be more targeted for an audience that really likes this type of game. But for me, I think it's going to end up in my top three. I have it in that... Uh, right now oh, it's in that wow. sifu range for me where i think i always gave, I also gave sifu a five out of five um, and I think sifu's probably right under Elden Ring for me right now. I think Live Alive is definitely gonna be battling out with Sifu. And probably honestly it's probably way above Sifu uh, uh, for me at this moment because I mm-hmm. I the writing, the combat, the gameplay, all of that hits so well for me. And just like Sifu was when I played it. Sifu was was unlike anything i had played at the time. Mm-hmm. Live Alive even more so is unlike any other JRPG i played. it also, you know, it also hits Things I've loved about uh, uh, some of my favorite games, I think, um, namely Undertale. Uh, under, like, Undertale seems like a game that probably took some influence from, and not even probably. I think, I think Toby Fox himself uh, ta- has talked about Live Alive uh, and me- Megalomania, mm-hmm. one of the songs in the game, uh, inf- influenced heavily Megalovania from Undertale. Um, and a lot of the, a lot of what I love about Undertale in terms of the writing, the humor, the energy of it does shine through as well in live alive. Um and huh. so I think a lot of that is why the game is hitting for me. Uh, so so well. I'm saying
2: I should play this game.
1: Yes, yeah, so I'm saying okay. 100% Barry, you should check out this game. And even like I was texting Greg and I was like Greg, as somebody who likes video game stories, I think even you should like this game. Uh or even you should play this game because I think there's it, it is a an approachable JRPG in a way that JRPGs can oftentimes I think shut out a lot of the audience because they are you know, deep in combat system and the stories have like a certain energy and all this stuff. Live Alive, I think, opens itself up to being way more playable than the traditional JRPG, even though it's way more unique uh in a, in a lot of its setup and tone. um So yeah, if you if you have a Switch or you're looking for a new JRPG to play, I'd, I'd 100% recommend Live Alive.
0: Weird question. uh Before we move on, is it worth? playing even if you're just going to play one of the vignettes like do are the stories like complete enough in that like the two-hour vignette or do you need to keep playing
1: you need to keep playing uh yeah like the the it's so tough to talk about without like getting into super detail because i think that the game does really cool things with its vignettes uh that like create make the whole experience special as a package like it's not just the standalone oh i'm I'm jumping into this just to play the caveman story you know i i do think the whole game comes together in a way that really makes it special as a whole package um that said if you come in and you just play the caveman thing or you just play the the um like the cowboy story i think that is enough for maybe like a night right like if you're going in with it with going into it with that commitment and then going, oh, I'll play the rest later. I think that's fine to do. Um, the way I played it is, I did one vignette a night um, slash a day because mm-hmm. I was like, all right, cool, let me knock this thing out. Next day, all right, let me knock the cowboy out. Next day, let me knock the caveman out. And that was such a fun way to do it because uh, it was like a nice daily story for me. That's how I that's how I watched Black Mirror as well when I was watching through that show. I watched one episode a day, and I think it's such a, a great way to, to to go about playing that game. But yeah, I'll definitely recommend playing through the whole thing if you're gonna if, um, if you're gonna pick it up. Uh, Tim, before mm. we get into the next news story, I want to let people out there know about patreon.com/slash kind of funny games, where you can go and get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors.
0: This episode is brought to you by Me Undies. Are people still trying to make plans with you this summer as if you aren't booked and busy already? But thankfully, Me Undies wants to help make this summer the most comfortable one you will never forget because when you're living your best life, the last thing you want to worry about is butt sweat. And I know that from experience. But you know what? Me Undies has always been there to help me. I'm always wearing my Me Undies shirts, my lounge pants, my lounge shorts, my Undies themselves, the socks. I'm a Me Undies fanboy, wouldn't have it any other way. I just absolutely love the socks micromodal fabric. Find your ultimate summer comfort in sizes extra small all the way up to 4XL. MeUndies has a great offer for all of you out there. For any first-time purchasers, you can get 15% off for a limited time. If you sign up for the free to join MeUndies membership, you get 25% off your first membership item. To get 50% off your order, 25% off your first membership item, and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. That's MeUndies.com slash Kinda funny. Shout out to ExpressVPN for sponsoring this episode. When you use the bathroom, you always close the door behind you, right? Well, you don't want random password buyers looking in on you, so why would you let people look in on you when you go online? Your internet service provider knows every single website you visit. ExpressVPN puts a stop to this. It creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so that your online activity can't be seen by anyone. I use ExpressVPN on all my devices, whether it's my phone, my desktop, uh, all everything. Anytime I'm using the internet just because I am trying to stay as safe as possible. The best part is using ExpressVPN is as easy as closing the bathroom door. You just fire up the app, you click one button and you're protected. It is so easy. It's the biggest button in the world. One click, you're done. So if you're like me and believe your online activity is your business, secure yourself today by visiting expressvpn.com slash kind of funny. You can use our link, dot com slash kind of funny. And you can get an extra three months free. That's expressvpn.com slash kind of Shout out to Athletic Greens for sponsoring this episode. I started taking AG1 because I'm not a big pill guy. I don't want to spend a lot of time on extra things, but I wanted to make sure that I was taking care of my health. Now, I've been using it the last couple months, and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It has a fun tropical taste that I actually look forward to in the morning. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focused, and aging. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash kindoffunny. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash kindoffunny to take ownership over your health and Pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. athleticgreens.com slash kind of funny.
1: Let's hop into story number three. Avatar Mm -hmm. Frontiers of Pandora has been delayed. This comes from Joe Scrubbles at (gasps) IGN. Ubisoft has announced that its upcoming first-person open-world adventure, Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, has been delayed to April 2023 at the earliest. Revealed as part of Ubisoft's Q1 earnings report, the game was delayed into Ubisoft's 2023-2024 to 2024 financial year, which begins next April. No, no more specific release timeframe was given. No reasoning was given for the delay. Ubisoft did say, quote, we are committed to delivering a cutting edge immersive experience that takes full advantage of next-gen technology as this amazing global entertainment brand represents a major multi-year opportunity for Ubisoft, end quote. The company also confirmed that a smaller unannounced premium game had also been delayed out of this financial year and into the next. It joins a huge list of games delayed out of 2022 and into 2023, primarily due to the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. And then as a follow-up to that, I believe there is a Ubisoft financial call that. Is been going on this morning uh steven totillo from uh the kotaku polygon i actually forget which Formerly am sorry Stephen. of kotaku uh tweeted out uh ubisoft has canceled i think he's actually actually at axios now i think about it uh ubisoft yeah. has canceled development of splinter cell vr and ghost recon frontline uh and two other unannounced video games the hits keep coming tim for yeah ubisoft. they do
0: they do and again we've been talking a lot about this and about the state of ubisoft in the last couple of weeks and uh talking about them doing the ubisoft forward which is coming up right that's yeah coming be... up in september yeah okay so i guess we're a little over a month away but we were talking about like what's going to be there and we were talking about avatar specifically and like when is it going to hit i'm not surprised by any of this news i i think that this is all in line with what we've been saying which is ubisoft is in a very unfortunate position that i think that they desperately need to kind of reformat who they are, what is the foundation, what does it mean to be a Ubisoft game in 2022 and beyond? Uh, because this is a mess right now, and it, it just doesn't instill faith in me that um, they are going to be releasing bangers anytime soon, right? Like, I feel like they're they're kind of treading water in, in some ways swimming the wrong way. Like, I'm not sure, but this Avatar game, we know very little about. There's a yeah. chance it's going to be great, but I... Don't have any reason to believe that at this point. We haven't seen anything for it. We've only seen delays. Yeah,
1: I mean, what does this do for you with Avatar? I know the movie is scheduled to come out this fall, right, or this winter,
0: December around Christmas. Yeah,
1: December. Does that worry you? The fact that it seemed like originally, I mean, this game was slated for this year, probably time to be with the movie. Now that it's being delayed into sometime next year, seemingly. What does that do for you in terms of Ubisoft? like making an avatar game and like trying to actually put it out and not being able to do it well the the reality
0: the reality is it's more important to get this game right than it is to align it with the the movie's launch right like i think that uh avatar at this point right i don't need to explain to people that it's a weird franchise in terms of its release like this is something that we haven't necessarily seen uh, before, where there's a ton of examples of like 80s or 90s movies, and then there's been talks of a sequel maybe happening, and then decades later it actually happens. But Avatar is one of those rare scenarios where 2009 the movie comes out, and they're almost immediately talking about sequels, and it's a no, this is actually happening type thing. And here we are, it's happening, and it's going to be happening for the next couple years, where we have what Avatar uh, two, three, four, five coming out every other year until. <laughs> 2030 or whatever it is um and so i i feel like with that i mean that sounds like it's gonna happen at this point right have they shot anything
2: and passed the second movie
0: oh i I guess i don't know i actually don't know about all that but it sounds like they at least have a uh they're on and they want it and it's gonna make a lot of money it's probably not gonna make as much as the first one but who the fuck knows at this point with uh how crazy the box office can be for these giant franchises so with uh with that i think that this coming out sometime next year if it is good if there's avatar mania again this could work out if the game's good but I, I there's so many ifs there that i have no confidence but again i feel like it's silly to shit on this right now because we don't even know what it is last uh, thing al- is alive
2: you're wrong chad is telling me that they did shoot two and three at the same time
1: oh there you go uh I, yeah i think for me the thing is that there there are too many ifs with this you know and that's not it's, i don't have a judgment too many ifs. On, if the, too many is if there's gonna be if this game is gonna be good or if this game's gonna be bad or what or what that is, I think for me it's the fact that there are so many moving parts to this, and you know they're delaying it because they don't want it to come out come out bad, right? And I'm sure they don't want it to come out bad because this isn't just a Ubisoft game. This is a Ubisoft licensed Avatar game that they're working with. It's Disney, right? That owns Avatar. It's yeah. always hard to keep track.
0: Um, it was Fox.
1: The, was Fox, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's them working with Disney to put out this thing, which for them is probably important, and for them means. Oh, we gotta get this right. We can't put this out and have it be have it be Garbo. Um, that said, right, like I I'm just in a mystery of like it, how this game is going to land for you you mentioned Avatar Mania. I I'm somebody who never experienced Avatar Mania and like I question its existence because like when when that first Avatar came out, I didn't watch it, but I remember talking to people about it, and it seemed like the, the consensus was, oh yeah, this is a it's a movie. Like it is you know, a technically impressive, like, um, uh, not expansive, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. But like, this movie has big scope, right? This movie is going for it. And I think it landed and did what it did. But I don't, I don't know any Avatar fan. I don't know anybody who's like, I need a new, I need Avatar 2. I can't wait for Avatar 5. Like, you know, I got Avatar bracelets that I wear. I got an Avatar shirt. Like, I've never met that person unless it's The Last Airbender.
0: Yeah, yeah yeah, i mean it's it, that existed then in 2009 like okay. I mean, it was it was huge and it was one of those things where it was still a lot of people hating on it because that's what happens with popular things but it was avatar mania motherfuckers are getting full body tattoos of these damn navi and all that shit uh but here we are a decade later over a decade later right yeah like, and,
1: maybe, and maybe that's more so the thing is avatar has been dormant for so long that it yeah. feels like it's not around and so like i think it's going to take the movie bringing it back which i'm sure it can because it again this is it's disney it's big budget like they tend to hit in terms of mass appeal but it's gonna be on them to bring it back and then also on the ubisoft game to ride the wave of that movie in order to hit success and again it's too many a lot, ifs. Ifs. A lot yeah. of ifs yeah. yeah
0: avatar one's being re-released in september and i think that's going to give a the re releases never kind of like fully move the needle for things but i think that that's when the avatar push is going to begin so we're not that far away from that and then it's just going to keep rolling the the thing is though like to me avatar has been most important and most popular because of the disney world uh situation that they have with right. uh pandora which is utterly fantastic it is one of the best lands in a disney park period and it doesn't matter that nobody gives a shit about Avatar. When you're there, you give a shit because it's cool as hell. And if they could just get that cool factor and sell that, it could work if the game is good. And if uh, so many ifs, so many ifs. The so world many of ifs. the ifs every time. I, I
2: I, I'm more and more convinced that you know the Avatar fans are just sleeper agents that have been you know just uh, sleeping away. <laughs> They're waiting. They'll, they'll rise up in <laughs> like, September when it gets re-released. <laughs> Disney whispers a code and into their year. They'll take over the world once uh, Avatar 2 comes out. But yeah, it's uh, it
1: is interesting. And I mean, there there are quite a few people the in the chat. Army. Yeah, I was gonna say there's quite a few people in chat that are rising up and we're like, yeah, well, I'm, no, I'm, I'm an saying it's gonna be a
2: good movie, which I like. I I, I have no doubt of. I have uh, questions of if it's actually going to be as successful as the first one.
0: Yeah, yeah. and there's so many factors at play there, right? So many, but the reality is, yeah, of course, is- Jeff Grubb is an Avatar fan. Dude, honestly, I am an Avatar fan too. I know people get, know that already, but it's, I saw that movie three <laughs> times in theaters, three fucking times. This wow. is John James Cameron, man. James, goddamn Cameron. Okay,
1: Avatar, the greatest pioneer, the, the blue people. Avatar. No, Let me tell you see, about no, my, my 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 King Avatar. Right, it's the last Airbender. It's Aang. It's Katara. They're out there. Night, nice Shyamalan. They're fine. No, 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 we don't. No, we don't. Oh, we yeah, don't. No. that no, that movie came Our out, boy, on, my, God, movie came my out on my that movie came out on my sixteenth birthday. And let me tell you, that was the worst birthday of all time. We all left that theater <laughs> so depressed and so done. And then we went to Dairy Queen, and then I remembered that I was lactose intolerant at that Dairy Queen, <laughs> so I didn't even eat that much ice cream. Movie, that, that fucking birthday sucked. That fucking birthday sucked. <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, talk, talking a, a bit more about uh, some of the other things going on at Ubisoft, right? Them talking about uh, the smaller, unannounced pre- pre- uh, premium game that was delayed out of this financial year I think is interesting as well, because I don't know if any of us were expecting uh, anything else from ubisoft in the next uh, fiscal year you know i would imagine that maybe that, that was slated for before march maybe a february march game um that they probably would have announced at a ubisoft forward but my question would be what would that be my mind goes to a far cry spinoff something along those lines maybe a oh, they say i was gonna say like ghost recon or not ghost recon um division heartland but mm. this thing says premium and so it was gonna be a paid paid for game um wonder what that is i'm sure maybe they'll get an announcement at ubisoft forward still but we'll have to wait and see uh splinter cell vr also getting canceled another l for the splinter splinter cell fans so sorry roger poor one out (laughs) we're so sorry roger and then yeah like ghost recon frontline being canceled and then uh two other unannounced canceled games like what is going on man What is
0: ubisoft what is going on what is it
1: too many ifs not enough good decisions too many ifs, hopefully the September, Ubisoft forward oh, ignites the uh, hope uh, and excitement. Someone,
2: who was it? Chun uh, in the uh, chat says, Assassin's Creed Rift was rumored to be late this year, or early next, Ooh. that was the one with- um, Good the call. Char- the, <clears throat> the character at Asim. the end of uh, uh, Valhalla and like his uh, little journey there. So that that could have been it. And that was
1: in- supposed to be a smaller Assassin's Creed game. Yeah, so I yeah, think yeah. that probably 100% is it. That is a good call out. Um, we'll have to wait and see more on that one for now. Let's talk about story number four. GTA Online is getting a big new update. This is Zach Zweisen at Kotaku. After some previous teases, Rockstar announced today that the Criminal Enterprise update for Grand Theft Auto Online will be released on July 26th. This upcoming free update sounds like it'll be one of the biggest the games ever received, with numerous quality of life changes, improvements, and business expansions. Following rumors and hints, Rockstar has finally started to share details about GTA Online's big summer update. But there's bad news for the folks living in the digital, digital world of GTA Online, as intense heat waves and soaring gas prices will make life even more miserable. Huh.
2: Great. Thanks. Huh. Huh. Thanks
1: Interesting. Yeah. Luckily, huh. for all of you online lawbreakers out there, this offers some new criminal opportunities, as well as a chance to help the government take down some, hot, some other bad guys via a new series of in game missions. As part of this Criminal Enterprises update, Rockstar is adding a new series of missions that have players uh, teaming up once again with the IAA, that's GTA's take on the CIA, uh, as an off-the-books agent to help take down a, quote, notorious oil-rich dynasty in Los Santos who is profiting off the heat and soaring prices but that's just one part of this massive upcoming update in today's blog post sharing details on the update rockstar explained that every in-game business in gta online is being expanded giving players more ways to make more cash for example biker bars will now fill up with customers and players can run can run missions to keep booze uh sorry keep the booze uh, and money flowing
0: even better it sounds like all the expansions will be free hell yeah gta man they're just out here it you keeps going days. they just keep going and going and going good for them man i can't yeah. even imagine going back in time and telling like eighth grade little timmy yo one day gta online it's going to be everything that you dream of it's going to be every- you're just going to be out there Dude. playing with every with all your friends nuts yeah
1: nuts. i'm sure i'm sure i've like said this multiple times on on shows in the past but like GTA Online legitimately is my dream game. I remember playing GTA San Andreas back in the day and going, man, I wish like, my dream game would be this game with better graphics and online multiplayer, and I could just like live in it. That would be my perfect video game. And they made it, and I played the hell out of it. This new update, I think, sounds really cool. I, I don't know if I'm going to go back for it uh, right as of now yet. Uh, the last time I went back to GTA the last couple of times, honestly, I went back to GTA Online, I found that they just didn't hit. The same way, and I think that's a couple things. I think um, GTA Online has gotten so old now. You know, we're talking about a game that came out originally in 2013, and when you go back to it, even with the PS5 update, I think there's there's uh, those elements of uh, the, that game aging that I I still feel, or I feel more as time goes on, that has made it a little bit difficult to go back, and then also. I find that it takes specific types of expansions to get me back. Like not every expansion is going to be for me last year. It was the, uh, I forget what it was called, but it was like the fast and furious expansion that really got me in. That was like, you know, you know, they added like a Midnight Club type style racing mode. They added in new car customization, a lot of the things that speak to me in GTA games. And that got me back in heavy. But then there was the, um, oh, there was the Dr. Dre one that got me back in. Yeah, and I fucking love that one as well. But after I did the Dr. Dre missions, I think I was pretty much done. Um, and then with the the next gen update, I tried a bit, you know, tried to play with Mike and tried playing with Greg. And then after a few days, I was kind of like, nah, more GTA Online. Yeah. Um, that said, the, the trailer looks pretty cool. It seems like you're going to get more story stuff, which seems exciting. Um, and yeah, like if you're somebody who's still playing GTA Online, I think this is probably going to be, be great for you. For me, it's a, a wait and see on uh, how, how well this expansion hits before I, I, I jump in. I think I'm just also not in the mood for it. I think that's the thing. I've, I've played a lot of video games lately, Tim. You've been gaming. Huh? You've been out here. I've been out here gaming real hard. Let's, ho- let's hop into story number five. Detroit Become Human is becoming a manga. This is Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. Detroit Become Human is getting a manga adaptation in Japan uh, with a story set in Tokyo at the same time period as the game. As reported by Famitsu, Detroit Become Human Tokyo Stories is being written by Saru Watari uh, Kazami and drawn by Moto Sumida. The story follows an android idol known as Reina, and, like the game before it, explores what happens when when these robots gain independent thoughts and feelings. Unlike Detroit Become Human, however, Tokyo Stories focuses on smoother integration of androids as Reina becomes incredibly popular. The piece isn't to last, of course, uh, disrupted by a rogue android that gains sentience. sentience. And, Tim, here's what I have to say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Detroit Become Human, Tokyo Stories. Why not call it
0: Tokyo Become human. Become human. That's a that is a good question. It bothers a question. me a lot.
1: <laughs> this naming scheme. <laughs> this, is,
0: this is so funny though, because like this seems like a Mad Lib story. Like it just seems like a bunch of like random words being put together. Where I'm like, I, this seems so random. I would have never seen this coming. Having said that, I'm not surprised. This it God, this could be cool. Honestly, this, this sounds really cool,
2: right? But yeah, it's just
0: so weird. Sorry. Does it, it does
2: it say who's writing it? Plus.
0: Uh, yeah,
1: uh, written by uh, Saru Watari Kazami.
2: Okay, okay. A m-
1: okay. Mangaka. Okay. I don't know what they've worked on in the past.
2: So, yeah, like an actual mangaka not
1: David But Cage. it's not David... David. No, it's not David okay. <laughs> David Cage is not writing a manga. actually have <laughs> potential, which is nice. 100%. And that's my thing is, I... Detroit Become Human, I think, it's such a visually... It's a really good-looking game, and I think has a lot of dope style to it. And I think some of the stuff it sets up with this world uh, can be interesting, and the story that we got in Detroit Become Human, I don't think explored that well enough. I do – the idea of a separate writer turning it into a manga and making it about this idol in Japan, for me, sounds fascinating. I think it that is, is going to be a better a, – a, a, a good take on what Detroit Become Human is, even though part of Detroit Become Human is that it took place in Detroit. Why not call it Tokyo Become Human?
0: It's just – this is so funny to me, even just timing like oh, if this no were sense. to have happened a couple of years ago it'd make a little more sense but it's like all right cool the game came out four years ago and yeah. it has not had
1: an update no <laughs> dlc no spin-offs all of a sudden out of nowhere a manga cool
2: it's like cool. uh someone why not in chat uh, earlier was talking about uh agent of mayhem having a board game you know who Ooh. makes these decisions but
1: like did that come out <laughs> like when did that come out because you told me no Ages of idea. Mayhem got a board game years after Ages of Mayhem, I'm calling up somebody at Evolution, and being like, yo, <laughs> who, who, like, who's taking you hostage? <laughs> what signal are you <laughs> trying to send out to the world? <laughs> uh, next news story, story number six, Minecraft bans NFTs and blockchain. This is Luke Plunkett at Kotaku. While the whole NFT thing appears to be mercifully on the decline, there are still companies out there, like Square Enix, trying to justify partnering with technology that exists solely as an enormous scam. Moyang is clearly not one of them. In a lengthy statement published on Minecraft's site, the team goes into great detail explaining both uh, why they haven't embraced this technology to date and why they've taken steps to ban any implementation of anything blockchain-related in Minecraft, while including a brief caveat saying, hey, if blockchain ever can improve, uh, it's anything, or sorry, if, hey, if blockchain can't ever imp- prove it's anything other than a huge grift, then maybe we'll look at it. Uh, The bulk of the post uh, attacks the the text for their promotion of quote, digital ownership based on scarcity and exclusion, which does not align with Minecraft values of creative inclusion and playing together, end quote. It also lays out why blockchain tech and NFTs have been outlawed throughout the game, saying, quote, to ensure that Minecraft players have a safe and inclusive experience, blockchain technologies are not permitted to be integrated inside our client and server applications, nor may Minecraft, uh, may Minecraft in-game content such as worlds, skins, personal items, or other mods be utilized by blockchain technology to create scarce digital asset, end quote. You can read the full policy on their website. Good guy, Minecraft.
0: Good guy, Minecraft. What a story! Like, yeah, what no. a world! Like, Minecraft was not always the good guy. So it's it's always uh, important to note that situations can change. People in control aren't always evil, <laughs> and it's like there mm-hmm. are people listening and there are people that care, and you got to support the people that care. Always look for the people that care.
1: One hundred percent. I was
2: trying to look for the tweet, but there's a, someone shared it last night of someone tweeting at Minecraft saying, "I don't think you should have a say in what happens in Minecraft or not." which I just thought was the, the funniest thing. That's so a, funny. A blockchain bro being really upset about that. So you love to see it.
1: That's so funny. And also like, you know, to to the point of Minecraft being Minecraft, Minecraft probably is a game that I, I could see a lot of grifters seeing in terms of opportunity. Like Minecraft is a game that people theoretically live in right like people build in there there are there are so many custom art and so many custom assets that people make in there and it is probably rife with opportunity for nft and blockchain implementation so for them to come out and go no like we don't need the fucking like the 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 scam money we don't need the grifters minecraft is fine without that shit i think it's powerful statement
2: like actually call out like the grifting and stuff for for that whole situation i thought was uh pretty impressive for a company to actually say that
1: yeah, especially like a, a company, a, a company that is, you know, Minecraft, which is ran by Mojang, which is owned by Microsoft, right? Like a company of that scope, uh, I think that that, you know, that that goes places, right? I think that that is that is worth something, and so shout out once again to Minecraft. Last story for the Roper Report, story number seven, the Mortal Kombat movie sequel is officially in the works. This is Justin Kroll at Deadline. After the most recent uh, Mortal Kombat pick overachieved at box office, New Line is ready to get back into the arena on a sequel. Sources tell Deadline that Simon McQuoid is set to return as director for the follow-up to the 2021 action-adventure hit. Mortal Kombat was McQuoid's feature directorial debut and was released simultaneously in theaters and on HBO Max during the pandemic in April 2021. The feature opened number one at the box office and ranks among the top feature titles ever on HBO Max since the platform launched. Execs were quick to get a sequel in development, and one of the first orders of business was bringing McQuoid back to direct. Uh, Congrats to Simon McCoy, the director, on getting another shot. Uh, Please make The Miz Johnny Cage.
0: Please do it. Just do it. I'm excited about this. I liked the last movie enough. It wasn't great, but it was fun. They should have used the music more, but it did include one of my favorite movie scenes of all time, where he goes, oh, this is my favorite part. He's about to get his soul sucked. <laughs> that, shit that, that was damn. so good, dude. Remember when we watched that? In this room and had yes. such a good time that's oh. the thing is
1: that movie is not a great movie but it is a fun movie and mm-hmm. at this point i'm down for that to be mortal kombat i don't think mortal kombat needs a masterpiece i think it just needs to be a fun entertaining time and that's what mortal kombat movies have always been even the worst ones even mortal kombat two annihilation, uh, annihilation. that Fury. movie one of the worst one of the worst movies i think i've ever seen in my life had a fun time watching it had a great time watching it for in review and so yeah i'm looking forward to what this next thing is i'm excited hopefully they do bring in johnny cage because uh i guess i won't spoil anything but yeah i want johnny cage in there Uh, uh and yes make better utilization of the music and also maybe get rid of the arcana thing where like you get your powers through, like, this fucking weird activation as opposed Here's to actually, actually having like backstories
0: for the characters. I, I like the getting the power thing and the leash of the power. I love that. I think it works way better in a, as the movie plot of Mortal Kombat than some of the backstories these characters have. Having said that, we didn't need a shitty OC to be the main character. Like, yeah, that's that, the other thing. That was the biggest problem. Like, what are you doing? You have so many great characters to use, and you go with this loser? Come on. Like
1: The, be- the best thing they could do from Mortal Kombat, too, is make Johnny Cage the main character. Uh, and like, yeah, I don't, they don't necessarily got to get rid of what, what was his name, Cole McGrath, something Cole. Yeah, Cole yeah, McGrath. wait, wait, wait,
0: wait. No, it was no. not Cole McGrath. Cole McGrath is the infamous no. character. Yeah, Cole, it was Cole, though. It was Cole, Cole Strauss. No, that's a, that's from Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. Uh, <laughs> uh,
1: Cole, Cole Young is what Chad's saying. Cole, Cole Young? Young? Yeah. What an unmemorable name. Cole <laughs> Young. Listen, you can keep him in the movie, but, like, you know, just make Johnny Cage the main character. and Maybe make him part of the crew or whatever. All right? like, Because I like the actor. I think he did a fine job. It's just the writing, man. The writing on Cole was not great. Um, But I digress. Tim, I can't wait to see if Mortal Kombat 2 sticks the landing. But that movie is just so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Grop Shops today, where would I look?
0: The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the kind of funny games daily show host each and every weekday. Barrett, I sent you a video. If you could please bring it up because it's very, very important.
1: Yeah, give me just
2: a second here, changing oh, windows. I'm very excited to see what's here. And then we're gonna go here, and then we're gonna go here, and then we're gonna play this oh, video. Oh my god!
1: <laughs> He's about to get his soul sucked. I love this screen right before this. <laughs> Oh, man. What a movie. he's about to get his soul sucked <laughs> i remember us laughing in the theater when they said that what a fucking movie this is i kind of wish i saw i like obviously covid at the time was very like heavy and so like we couldn't see this in the theater but like i wish we saw this in the theater at the same time because oh. i wanted to see a bigger audience reactions to so much we're saying in this movie but this next one hey we can probably make our way out to a theater hopefully if things are safe but for now let's talk about what's out today out today you're getting Bright Memory Infinite for PS5, Xbox Series X, and Switch. I'm going to pause there. Did reviews for that game come out? Like, that's a game that's been advertised for for years that I was kind of looking forward to, and it just came out out of nowhere. Has, has anybody heard anything? Um, I'm Bright doing research. Yeah, Barry, do some research. I want to know what the what the verdict is. Continuing, uh, Coromon is out for Switch. If you remember, that's like the, the Pokemon-like the, game. The evolution much- to uh, Agumon the evolution of Agumon. no it's very much like just a, it's a pokemon game but like they advertise it as oh no this pokemon for the hard course if so if you're trying to do your Nuzlocke's, if you're trying to get like even deeper uh uh shiny uh hunting that type Ooh. of shit Kormon, coromon, coromon has you um bless i've What's got up? i've got a
2: question and some answers for you my first question okay. coromon was already out on steam correct it's
1: but yeah it's been out on steam I for have, a while. have you tried it out on steam deck I tried it out a little bit on Steam Deck. That was I I, I got it when I first got my Steam Deck, so mm-hmm. it, I had like a group of games. So mm-hmm. I was like dipping in between a lot of stuff. Cormon, I played probably like thirty minutes of. Uh, then, did I, it seem to run well? Oh, it it rang great. Yeah, for sure. I have an answer
2: for you. There are uh, reviews out for Bright Memory Infinite, and it's not great. It's not looking good. Okay, Uh, that's what I see. On PS5, Dual Shockers gave it 60, uh, along with PSX Brazil. And then the only other review for PlayStation 5 was PlayStation Lifestyle that gave it a 40. And then I think on Xbox Mm -hmm. Series X, it was like the Metacritic was a little higher, like 65 or something like that.
1: Okay, honestly, for what my time was with Bright Memory, which is like the precursor to Infinite. It's better than I would have, I would have thought, because I did not like Bright Memory. I thought that game was not good whatsoever. Uh, and so, you know, Bright Memory Infinite, if that tickles are fancy, boom, go check that one out. To continue on with Out Today, we got Rompa S Ultimate Summer Camp for PC and PS4, X Zodiac for PC. I know that's a Tim Gettys hit. Wait, what? Yeah, that's out today. What? No, PC. it's not. Yeah, it is. I'm surprised you didn't know,
0: because I've been keeping up with this for like the last week. Oh, yeah, out. How the fuck? I follow them on Twitter. How did I not know this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, early it. access launch. Okay. Oh. oh. Okay. What does that mean? Oh, my God. This is the best news ever. Yeah, man. Get you a Steam Deck. If y'all don't know Exodiac, baby. It's it's like old school Star Fox, and it is awesome.
1: Yeah, if you're a video watcher, Barry's showing it on screen right now. And I, I have it uh, downloaded on my Steam Deck right at this moment. I'm excited to go uh, check it out a little bit uh continuing on we got moss book 2 for meta quest river city saga three kingdoms for pc and ps4 sea of thieves season 7 for pc xbox one xbox series x uh capcom arcade second stadium for switch ps4 xbox one and pc deer journey for pc hell pie for pc switch ps4 ps5 xbox one and xbox series x post void for ps4 ps5 and switch and then wayward strand is out today for ps5 ps4 xbox one xbox (gasps) series x pc Finally,
0: another strand game. Another strand game, baby. Kojima.
1: I've been the waiting for these strand games. Uh, new dates for you. Robo Revenge Squad will launch on Nintendo Switch and Xbox on August 17th. Uh, Destiny 2 is getting a showcase on August 23rd. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Cowabunga Collection launches on August 30th on Steam, Let's PS4, five, Xbox Series X, Xbox One, and Switch. And then Dragon Ball The Breakers launches on October 14th. Let's go. I don't know if that's game, that game is going to be good, but it looks fascinating. It is a asymmetrical multiplayer game that takes place in Dragon Ball. It is right. Evolve. But Dragon Ball Friday the 13th. But Dragon Dragon Ball Dragon Ball, what was that?
0: Evolution, yeah. (laughs) You said you a ball. To. You said Dragon Ball. They're um, close enough. Okay, yeah. I see where
1: I see where you're taking the culture. You you took yeah. us there too. Yeah, you took us there. I did.
0: I did. I'm sorry. I'll take us back if you want to. <laughs> no, we can leave. you stay here. Please take me right back.
1: <laughs> Deal of the day for you. This comes from Wario sixty four. There's a Dragon Quest sale on the US shop right now for Switch. You can get Dragon Quest one for three dollars and twenty four cents. Two for four dollars twenty one cents. And then uh, Dragon Quest three for eight dollars and eleven cents. So there you go. Uh, now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write in. Let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash so kind of games and listening later on podcast services around the globe. It's a me, BT, writes in with a, a very important correction. Uh, sea of Thieves Season 7 wasn't released today. It was delayed to August 4th. And so don't mm. log in to that game to sail the seven seas looking for Season 7. You will be utterly disappointed. Wait until August 4th uh, for that one. Tomorrow's host kind of funny games daily go like this it is greg and tam greg and tam i'm not seeing that pair up uh, a lot so i'm actually excited yeah for that. that's, yeah i nice thought you were greg saying my name pair.
0: with like a, with a little fun Damn. but no. no
1: no this is greg and tamar hussein from gamespot.com and giantbomb.com if you are watching this live on twitch right now after this is mike andy and nick having some fun if you want Hell to cast yeah. that Sports stream later Horizon you...
2: five hot wheels dlc is what they're doing
1: oh i'm real jealous about that if you want to cast that stream later you can subscribe to youtube.com slash kind of funny plays remember this has been kind of funny games daily each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about we have a patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games so stick around for that otherwise until next time game daily